listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And I'm a little nervous and excited for today's episode because about four weeks ago, we opened up the floor to listener questions on the podcast on social media. And a little to my surprise, the the questions have been flooding in from Twitter and Instagram and from our website. So over the next few weeks, we'll be answering your questions about everything from orgasms and relationships to threesomes and a whole other range of topics. But today, I'm going to be addressing a very light and easy topic, a number of questions that I was really surprised to receive. And these questions are all about travel. They're not about sex because, as you know, I travel a lot. So every single week. And I suppose because I attack (laughs) your Insta story feeds with videos and mostly videos and pictures and ramblings of my travels, People, I suppose, have become interested in my travels or just as interested in my travels as they are in my sex advice. I don't know what that says about my role as a sexologist, but uh, what we've done is we've put a bunch of the travel-related questions together, and I'm going to tackle them now. I was surprised at all of these questions. I got a lot of repeats in this category as well. So before we get started, I want to say thank you very much to our sponsors, adamandeve.com, for supporting this episode. You can save 50% off almost any single item, plus free shipping on your entire order across the United States and the Great White North Canada with code Jess at adamandeve.com. So (laughs) when it comes to these travel-related questions, the one that I received over and over again, various permutations, involves questions about my carry-on. I suppose in my Insta stories, I often talk about how I only check or how I don't check luggage. I like to carry carry-on luggage only. And so I got all these questions about how do you manage with carry-on only? Do you really only bring carry-on? Everyone's quite incredulous about it. How do you fit your shoes and everything? And, uh, So yes, I try to only bring carry-on. If I'm on a a month-long journey, then I will bring a suitcase, begrudgingly. But I have a number of strategies for packing only carry-on. So number one, I wear the same pair of earrings every single day. My stepdad Luigi bought them for me. I love them. I don't need 18 different pairs of earrings, number one. So I don't bring a lot of jewelry. If I do bring a necklace, I got this really great hack from the Marilyn Dennis show from one of her experts. You take um, glad wrap, but the press and seal kind, the kind that you just press down and it sticks together. It's, it feels more like a wax paper and you lay your necklace out in it and then you fold the press and seal wrap over the necklace and it doesn't get bunched up. And I know that you can use a jewelry case and I've, I've you know, I've been lucky enough to receive many jewelry cases as gifts and they're wonderful. But if you're only carrying carry on, you really have to skimp. So the, the seal, that press and seal wrap works really well. Uh, Another tip, I only, um, I don't bring lots of creams and lotions and all that stuff, but what I do carry, I put in 
contact lens cases. So just the empty contact lens cases can be refilled with creams or if you need, you know, shampoos and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, I don't carry shampoo or anything like that. I use whatever in the, in the hotel. I'm definitely not, not picky at all. And if you know me, I don't wash my hair that often anyway. <laughs> so the contact lens cases are saviors for me. Um, I bring usually just a pair of nude shoes that match everything so I don't need many many pairs of shoes. Um, I pack knits so I don't have to iron and I have the best carry-on case I believe in the world and I know there are many brands out there. I know like Ramoa is very sexy but if you're a real serious traveler the Briggs and Riley International Carry-On. It's the wide body one with the click clack system so it's a really great uh, really great carry-on suitcase that allows you to fit a ton of stuff in there. And so, yeah, it's called Briggs & Riley, and I love it because it has a lifetime guarantee. So if anything's wrong with it at all, you can just take it back. So my model is the Briggs & Riley Baseline International Carry-On. So it's called the Baseline, and you pack it up, and instead of trying to, you know, zip up that outer zipper for the extendable, expandable component, it's got this internal click-clack, so you just close it up and then smush it down with your hands, and it goes click-click-click and gets smaller. That's my description. Maybe not that good, but really great toy. And I, I actually had another one of their suitcases before, and one of the airlines kind of smashed it up a little. I, I just took it to the store, and they sent me a brand new one. So I've had like really great experiences with Briggs and Riley, who are not my sponsor, but I do love them. When I'm packing, I do not roll. I know that these packing experts say to roll, but I find that it's not as effective. And because I'm usually unpacking and repacking and unpacking and repacking every couple of days, it just doesn't make sense to me. Oh, I have a trick to carry more liquids in your carry-on. I'm kind of afraid to say it. <laughs> so you're only allowed one little baggie, as you know. I think it can be, um, is it one liter? I think it's about a liter. Anyhow, it's a Ziploc bag you're allowed to bring. Um, and everything has to be under 100 mils. But if you, so I, I, that's plenty for me. I definitely don't need more than one. But sometimes I need to bring samples of lubricant, my to my thanks to my good friends, Astroglide. And so if I need to bring the little samples of Astroglide, I just pack two little baggies and I put them in separate trays when you go through security and no one ever notices. I don't know. Is that bad? I, anyhow, I, I do that. I, I feel kind of guilty about it now that I've said it out loud. But anyhow, that's what I do. Um, oh, here's something that's probably TMI. <laughs> Got to clear my throat for this one. So if I want to wear the same outfit twice, because it happens, and I don't have time to do laundry, or I'm, I'm way too cheap, like way too cheap, daughter of an immigrant here, to, to pay for my clothes to be washed at these fancy hotels I stay in. Um, I have these, I'm like nervous to say this, I have these underarm pads, so they're like panty liners, but they're a different shape. So they're like a thin panty liner, not like a big maxi pad that you would wear on a heavy flow day, but just a thin like panty liner. But it's in the shape to go under your arms. So it folds out and it's sticky. And yeah, if you like sweat, you can just pull it off and then it hasn't hit the dress and you don't necessarily have to wash it. Now, if you're eating with me and you've ever seen me like eat crab or something, it's going to be all over my dress anyway. So those pads aren't going to help. But yeah, those really help. And I buy them on Amazon. I get a huge package for almost zero dollars. So there you go. That's how I manage with carry-on. Yes, I tend to only carry carry-on. Um, and now I have some more questions. Also related to carry-on, how do you deal with embarrassing security incidents considering you're carrying 
sensitive stuff in your carry-on. So first and foremost, if you're talking about vibrators and dillos and my Volvo puppet, I'm not even a little embarrassed. Um, <laughs> I am not embarrassed at all. Sometimes the workers will call their friends over to look or they'll smirk. And honestly, I just stare at them. I'm like, you're the ones who are embarrassed by this. I don't care. That's, I mean, they never notice the Volvo puppet. And if you don't know my Volvo puppet, you need to get to know her. But she looks like a pin cushion. But, um, you know, I had a group at the Kathmandu airport a couple weeks ago, uh, just as I was trying to get into the airport, because there were four separate screenings trying to get into this airport. And they saw my books and they took up my books and they started flipping through them. And there were three or four of them each holding a copy. And honestly, I would have offered them one, but I was short because um, I can only carry so much on these travels. And I just said, you know, after, after they let me pack up and I realized I was free to go, I just said, you can read them, but I'm not going to let you take them to the bathroom. And I don't know if they understood me, but I thought it was funny. So there you go. <laughs> Um, my highlight, of course, I was, I was in the Istanbul airport years ago, a few years ago, and I had this big purple penis monster and I carry the big one because sometimes I have a really big auditorium or crowd. And so I like the, as I say, the perverts in the back to be able to see too. Um, so I had this big purple carry on that really like took up half my suitcase and I see the the guy who's scanning through the x-ray, I see his eyebrows jump and he looks at me and says, um, nice lady. And I, I didn't feel like he was harassing me. He was just really surprised and uncomfortable. So I find I'm not really uncomfortable. They are. That's fine. I, I don't know. It's just not a thing to me. Um, this one asks, do you, do you get to see the cities you travel? Okay. This one's from uh, Twitter. Do you get to see the cities you travel to it seems like you just jump from one to the next. And to some degree, that's true. I don't get to see the cities in depth oftentimes. Um, so here's my trick. I always go to a local independent coffee or tea shop because I find that if you can go to one of these local independent tea shops or coffee shops, usually a coffee shop because I'm drinking coffee, uh, you get to feel the vibe of the city. It's not touristy. Um, certainly, I'm still a tourist. I'm not one of those people who pretends I'm not a tourist. Clearly, I'm a tourist. I'm a foreigner. It's a privilege to say, like, oh, I just, I live like the locals. No, I don't live like the locals. I'm, I'm there traveling with my North American privilege and my, you know, again, fancy hotels and fancy drivers. So I know that. So anyhow, going to the coffee shop is really how I get to know a city. So for instance, in Bucharest in October... I really didn't have any time. I had like three hours off. And during one of those three hours, I had to work. <laughs> so it wasn't really off. So I just went to a really cool local coffee shop, had a coffee, had a little bite. I talked to them a little. They tend to be pretty friendly. I know sometimes in Toronto, some of the third wave espresso joints aren't so friendly, except Sumac Espresso. Shout out to them. They're super friendly. Um, so yes, I see the coffee shops. I'll check the name of uh, the one in Bucharest when I have a moment as well. And I, I want to actually start tracking some of these places that I go because I go so many places and see such interesting things and don't necessarily, I don't have a blog or anything, but I travel more than uh, most travel bloggers. <laughs> so I should really start looking at you know where, where I am and keeping track so I can share it with people as well because I'm pretty lucky. Uh, this person asks, what's your favorite city you've ever visited? Uh, for a long time, my favorite city was Istanbul. I really like the vibe, the architecture, the people. And uh, it's hard. The more you travel, the more it's hard to pick one. 
But I'm really lucky because when I'm traveling, I'm working with locals. So I'm not just there on my own exploring. So it's funny because I spent two weeks in uh, Portugal in August on what was primarily a vacation. And when I left, I, I had said to my husband, you know, I don't really feel like I got a feel for the culture. I had a great time. But because I only had one quick, I had a, a quick one hour speech with some clients while I was there and I didn't spend much other time with them because uh, it was supposed to be a vacation, although I worked, um, I really didn't get to know the city and the country and the culture as, as I find I do when I'm working with the locals. So like in Bucharest, for instance, I only was there for 36 hours, but I feel like I was lucky enough to get to know a little bit about local culture because I was in conversation with local clients the entire time for work, but also you know, they took me to, to drinks and dinner. So yeah, I'm very fortunate with my work travel that I get a slightly different perspective um, on these places I visit. And again, I'm not saying I know, um, you know, for instance, UAE, or I'm not suggesting that I know India inside out because I visited for three weeks. I certainly don't. I'm still a foreigner going in with my foreign lens. So yeah, Istanbul tops my list. I also love Rome. And in terms of places I really want to go back to, uh, I want to go back to Sri Lanka because I only had a couple of days in Sri Lanka and I was blown away by everything, uh, the people, the vibe, the energy, the city, the country looks beautiful and I didn't get to explore its nature. Okay, so this one, Shelly wants to know, how many countries have you visited? You've been to every country around the world. No, I haven't been <laughs> even close to, um, you know, I've, I've just, it's the tip of the iceberg. I think I've been to about 35 countries or so, and there's, you know, continents I haven't visited yet. I still haven't been to Africa, though I've been invited to Egypt and Lagos. So hopefully those engagements pan out because I, I would like to visit that region of the world. And this guy wants to know, what's your perfect weekend getaway with your husband? Huh? Well, I don't travel for pleasure all that often, strictly for pleasure. I think everyone thinks I'm always on vacation. I know like when I say bye to my parents, like, have a good vacation. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give 12 speeches in 16 days. So <laughs> I don't call it a vacation. Uh, but my, my perfect weekend getaways is with my dog. And my husband, not in that order. Sorry, baby. With my husband and then my dog. Someplace where they have like green juice available. <laughs> and ideally, I I won't always want to go someplace with some local vibe and culture as opposed to, you know, just a beach vacation. Um, I like cities with lots of action. And I really want to be in a city where I can walk. So I'm not a huge fan of a city that I have to drive around or be driven around. Um not that I don't like those cities, but that's not my ideal weekend getaway. And it's a bonus if I can get a hike in too. So I, I worked in Los Angeles for uh, a couple of years, well, not years at a time, but we were shooting there. So I'd be there for prolonged periods of time. And it took me a while to really learn to love Los Angeles. So I obviously didn't like the driving. I didn't like the traffic. But I think in my third year that we were shooting, um, I was shooting a reality show for Playboy TV. Uh, the third year I started to discover some of the nature of Los Angeles, you know, of course, like all the canyon hikes and some very challenging ones. I took my paddleboard out just around the marina. So if there's, if I can get a balance of city and nature, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And that can be as simple as 
you know, for instance, in New York, they have Central Park, um, being able to go for a, a nice long walk and also walk the city. I mean, New York's a great city just for exploring. Um, this person always also asking about my carry-on. How do you buy gifts when you're traveling if you only have carry-on? That's really easy. I don't buy gifts. <laughs> I don't really shop for myself when I'm traveling and I don't shop for others either. Uh, if Brandon's lucky, sometimes I'll pick up a bottle of rum or, or gin, um, especially in the airport. Like I flew through Dubai the other day and they have some really incredible selection of liquors that we can't get here in Canada and in many places in North America. And sometimes if I have a really great espresso, I will buy him espresso beans from a local coffee shop. But that's it. That's all I really buy. And I'm, I'm pretty lucky because I often receive local gifts from the groups that I'm speaking with. So uh, I'm lucky to bring back a few small things. Ho usually I'm just hoping when I get a gift that it's small and light and packable. Um, I was just in Kerala, India, and they gave me some local spices. I can't resist that. My group in Nepal gave me the most beautiful cashmere scarf. I've never felt such soft cashmere. In Sri Lanka, they gave me some local Ayurvedic products. So, um, And in, in Manila, they gave me a, a, a locally handcrafted dinner bell, which I just used in a video I'm making. I'm working with Reese Malone, who you should check out. He's a fellow sexologist, Canadian sexologist based out of Winnipeg. So if you can understand my accent, Canadian accent, you'll understand his. Um, we're doing a course on how to be present which is a huge deal. It's like the biggest issue I see with couples these days. They're everywhere around the world. They're distracted. They're busy. They're scrolling. They're flipping from tab to tab, and they're not present. So I ha there's a bell exercise that I do, so I use the bell from my lovely clients in Manila. And come on, if you watch my Insta stories, you know that I'm always stealing candy from the airport lounges. So I just bring home candy as gift. Look, babe, I brought you a half-eaten candy bar. Um, and then I'm going to leave it at this because we're, we're getting on in time. This person wants to know any tips for sex on vacation. So that's not really about my travels, but this is more up my alley. My advice is to do it in the morning. Get that thing out of the way. Do it in the morning. I think that we have these ambitions to go so many places and see so many things when we're on vacation and we tend to over plan. So that would be my second tip. Please don't over plan. Plan half of it and let half of it unfold spontaneously so that you have energy for other things but we're exhausted at the end of the day so if, if you want to have the sex on the vacation have the sex in the morning um, I also really suggest to couples that you plan something some sort of activity while you're traveling together that keeps you apart so whether like one of you likes to golf or one of you likes to play tennis or one of you likes to I don't know scuba dive or there's a museum one of you wants to see and the other wants to go shopping plan time apart because what I think hinders us from having sex obviously is frustration and anger and resentment with one another and you're less likely to get on one another's nerves if you just give yourselves a little break you don't have to be together the entire time and then another thought that I have is um if there's anything you can do on this vacation or this weekend away to incorporate something from earlier on in your relationship so maybe it's you know visiting a place that reminds you of your first date or 
um, having a drink that you used to drink together or, or going to the, a type of bar or dance club or dance club. Do I sound old when I say dance club? Let's go to a dance club. <laughs> I'm glad my husband's not here right now. Um, anything you can do to kind of recall the thoughts and feelings and sensations from the early part of your relationship when you probably did spend more time, if not on vacation, than in a vacation type mode. I think that's pretty important. All right. That was that was interesting for me just talking about my own travels and uh, yeah part of what makes my job is ex- as exciting as it is isn't just talking about sex believe it or not sex can get boring after a while talking and talking and talking about sex um, I'm not complaining I kind of like it <laughs> but it part of what makes my job very exciting is that there's always something new someplace new to visit uh, in the new year I start in Miami, I head down to Cancun, and then I go to Montreal, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Hong Kong, and Vancouver, and that's just January. And then in February, I'm going to Oman, so I'll probably fly into Dubai and and go from there. So I'm going to Oman, San Diego, uh, I can't actually don't know the rest off the top of my head, but I do know January. So yeah, I'm always going exciting new places, and if you have recommendations, I'm always open to that. Um, If you're local to a place that I'm coming, please do send me your recommendations. I have never had such a warm social media welcome as I did in India with lots and lots of people sending me DMs, welcoming me me to India, offering suggestions, uh, people going farther and offering to take me on tours, uh, which of course, you know, I don't take people up on because I don't just randomly go on tours with strangers but I think that you know they're probably all very well-intended and kind-hearted so yeah if you have recommendations for any of those places I'm heading to in January or February including Oman which I'm extremely excited for please do let me know so thank you for listening and thank you again to adamandeve.com for their support you can save 50% off almost any single item plus free shipping on your entire order with code J-E-S-S, Jess. And if you have questions about sex relationships, and maybe if you didn't hate this episode, (laughs) travel, please send them our way. I'm on all social media, at Sex with Dr. Jess. Have a lovely week. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Mm